Welcome back to That's a Tough One with your favorite hostess with the mostest. Hey. Nah, that's me. I'm, I'm the hostess. <laughs> you cool? You, oh. Yeah. I thought I was the hostess with the mostest. Oh, that's, I did say hostess. Host with the most. Say it with your chest. Mm-hmm. But that's me. And it's bringing you That's a Tough One. Yes. Yes. Me, I'm JD. She Morgan. Mm-hmm. We be hosting. Mm-hmm. We do host this show. Yes. If y'all want to hit want more hosting, make sure y'all, you know, like and subscribe and mm-hmm. do all those things. Like, follow us on the the Twitter and the Instagram. What's our Twitter and Instagram? We are on Instagram at That's A Tough One Pod. And we are on Twitter at That's A Underscore Tough One. Yes. Yes. Go. Gotta get that housekeeping out the way. Yes. Go there. Mm-hmm. Follow us, leave right. comments, send us replies, write right. us. Right. Um, do all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how was your day? Long day. Mm. It's, it's a weekday. It's a weeknight. But we making the best of it. We, we moving forward. We having a little wine. We, we definitely had some wine, man. That wine got me feeling loose. My eyes slanted. We had some good dinner. I'm fighting on the snake. Yes, you cooked a great meal. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. It paired well with our wine. I'm feeling so sophisticated. <laughs> oh, why you loose? Yeah. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get an uncensored opinion out of you. Alright. To get us started. So this isn't related to an article. Yeah. But just just to get the conversation going, can I ask you a question? Ask me a question. When. Is the right time to decorate for Halloween? When is the right time to decorate for Halloween? Mm-hmm. I would have to say the middle of September. Mid September. Mid September, okay. I feel is a good time. You get a month and a half of Halloween de- mm-hmm. decorations. Mm-hmm. You're running through the last two, two and a half weeks of September. You got the whole month of October. Right. And even the first week in November. You know, you can. No, no. Halloween decorations got to come down. November first. That's that's the goal. But let's be honest. You got the first week in November to, to slowly take everything back. Cause you don't gotta like, oh, November first, I gotta run around and get everything down. Okay. You know, okay, over the week. Hopefully you get all your Halloween stuff taken down. So mid September is a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. What is too early? Now. August. August is too early. August is too early. It's still it's still summertime. Yeah, I think most most parts of the country is still pretty warm. It's no, it's it's literally still summertime. <laughs> and yes, it's still it's still the season of summer. Ooh. Um, I think for me, August is a good time of year to, to start shopping. If you're going to buy Halloween decorations, it's a good time to start shopping. But I don't feel like you should decorate for fall or for Halloween before September first. Yes. Yes, you just it's definitely start getting your fall items in. Yeah, around you know around September-ish. Mm-hmm. Technically, fall don't start to the end, but you know it's it's getting in the fall season yeah. right then. But if you if you have your excited like, because some one one of us one of the one of the hosts here <laughs> watches <laughs> eight videos a time of people shopping at Home Goods and. Marshalls and TJ Maxx. I like to see the Halloween merch. I I can't go out anymore. I'm not working from home anymore. So I can't run out to TJ Maxx during the day. I like to see what's out there. I like to plan. I like to think about how to decorate my home, how to decorate the office for the seasons. You know, people really like that stuff. They respond well to it. 
at some point though, I feel like you're seeing the just different people shopping for the same items. Is, is yeah, yeah, some of the same items, but sometimes new. A lot, of, a lot of it's the same. Sometimes new, sometimes the same. It's, I mean, if it's new, that just means that only that at home in their region has it. So, but you know what I like about it? What do you like? So, for example, we went to Home Goods last weekend. Line was literally to the back of the store. Yes, and there was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When you watch it online, like on YouTube, you see somebody else going shopping. You don't have to worry about anybody hovering over your shoulder, breathing on your neck, trying to push the cart down the aisle and run you over. Like you can just take the items in, see what you like, think about what you want to get when you go to the store, do a little planning, and I feel like it gets you in the mood for like spooky season, you know. Yeah, you don't know. It, I mean, it's doing planning, but you still, you don't know when the item. True. If the item's going to be, especially if it's like That's at what home. That's makes it exciting. Yeah. Probably at home. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> loose. loose. Well, I like home decor. And I like holidays and, and decorating for the holidays. So it's just, it's just right in my alley. Okay. All right. Well, but I, I think we can agree that it's a little too early for decorating for fall and Halloween. That also may have something to do with where we live because it's it's warm right now. And it'll be it'll probably be pretty warm still next month. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't feel appropriate to put out the jack-o'-lanterns and the ghosts and things while still 90 degrees outside. Yeah, it's gonna be a rotten jack-o'-lantern. Definitely, definitely. Mm. But as soon as we get a cool breeze, it's getting spooky up in here. We go to the pumpkin patch. That'd be really fun, actually. That actually would be fun. Okay, so when is the right time to decorate for Christmas? For Christmas? Mm-hmm. I had this turn of the conversation about when we were supposed to decorate. <laughs> um, after Thanksgiving. The day after, or just at some point after? Uh, the day after, at the earliest. I would also make the argument that there's a too late to decorate for Halloween and a too late to decorate for Christmas too. Mm-hmm. What's too late? Too late. It depends on how much money you're spending on your decor. Yeah. If you're pulling out old stuff that you already have, probably the week of. But if you're going out and you're buying new stuff, or if you're doing a big, di- like you know how some people just go all out on their lawns for Christmas or Halloween, I would say if you're gonna do that much work, you probably want to leave it up at least a month. Yeah, you you want to at least a month, and even Christmas, I would say, especially if you're not doing Thanksgiving at your house, put your decorations up a little early. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, you know, hey, we we leave and let's at least put some of the decorations around the house up now. Yeah. So you know, we get back the day after Thanksgiving, we can just throw up our little stuff and then you know go get a tree. Mm-hmm. You ready? It's wild to me that some people put up their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. And that might just be like a movie trope, but you know how expensive Christmas trees are to be putting it up for a couple days. Yeah, one day, and then and then they use like the most angelic decorations ever. Like every one of these is handcrafted mm-hmm. in Slovenia. They always be handcrafted. <laughs> they be heirlooms. Yes. Listen, if I pay that much money for a tree, it's gonna be up. It's gonna be up to this brown and crunchy and crispy. It's eight hundred dollar tree. Like, mama, it's March. It's going to be at one more month. Mm-hmm. It's going to last us two years. <laughs> but I just thank you for indulging me in that conversation. We've been seeing a lot of people talking about fall decor and decorating for Halloween and 
We currently got a balcony beef happening with somebody in our apartment complex over best decorations. It's not really a beef. We it don't even know. Beef. We don't even know though. It's a beef. They they just have some lights and some leaves up. Uh-huh. I'm coming out. I'm coming out the box swinging. What about the people below us? Door. They have a bunch of plants out. I think they're pushing back doing it. Probably. I got them beat. Got them beat. Got them beat. All right, about them back. Call them two pieces. Wait till I get my skeleton out there. We ain't getting no eight for skeleton. <laughs> We're not gonna get an eight for skeleton, right? We we'll probably get like a five for skeleton. Yeah, we get no five for skeleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a small skeleton. You can put them somewhere. Listen, you you just leave the decorating up to me, and I'll leave the first story of the episode up to you. All right. Well, I, before the first story, I also have you do a quick question. I'm ready for it. When should I shut down my OnlyFans? <laughs> Cause um, in October, right? Yes, cause if y'all haven't heard, only uh, everybody's heard. It's a yeah. It's a big craze because OnlyFans is shutting. Well, they're not shutting down. They're they're changing their con their their business model. Mm. They said you can't be out there doing like double fist stuff on their site. No sexually explicit. No more sexually stuff. Explicit. Explicit. Mm-hmm. They they haven't really turned it. So it's no, it, like nobody knows. Like, can you be like? A little naked, show a little nipply, mm. or or what it is. There's no more vulgar, explicit things on their side. This reminds me of when Tumblr did something similar. You know what? I saw a lot of TikToks about that. They removed everything that they deemed to be pornographic, and how nobody really uses <laughs> Tumblr anymore. <laughs> nope. And I don't even think it was so much because everybody was on there for porn. Like, of course, obviously, a lot of people were on there for porn, but it's just like. Why are you trying to censor this site and put it in a different direction and all those things? Like, this is what you're known for. This is what, especially OnlyFans, it's what you're known for. So people spend their money on. It's what you know creators make content and use it to make a living. So why are you moving away from it to go where? Yeah, um, it, uh, so a lot of people are thinking that they might have problems with the banks. Cause mm-hmm. um selling explosive, but there I mean there are porn companies right now. I'm pretty sure they have banks that they're able to communicate with. So yeah. I, I mean I don't understand it, but I can see you wanting to just distance yourself so you can make different deals. Like you want to have like all right, we're gonna have people making recipes and people teaching music lessons. But it's like I could just go to, and I know the whole point of OnlyFans is like subscribers, but I could just go on YouTube. And watch those videos for free. And if it's somebody I really want to support, I can just go on their Patreon and support them directly. Like, those other platforms already exist for those types of engagement and support. So, I get that OnlyFans is trying to pivot in a direction, but, like, we already got Patreon. You would think. You would think. Um, but I guess they just they just believe in their model. I don't know what all those all those women gonna do. They and men and men, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of them that are making their living. Yeah, but they're not making because some OnlyFans girls are gonna have enough money. They'll be able to pivot. They're making hundreds of thousands a year. But some, you know, you making forty thousand. You living okay, and that's just gonna be shut off. Because I know you think you. Well, my fans will come. Like, no, your fans are only there because you have to do the real vulgar things that are definitely official mm-hmm. off the apps. Like some of these famous women that, that jump on there and steal y'all money away because they just have to go in there and talk and make eight million dollars a year, and you got to do the crazy shit to 
that may, that get you your money. So right. it's going it's going to be unfortunate. It's going to be a rude awakening. But if the company wants to make a change, we'll make a change. It's like anytime they have something that makes it a little bit easier or safer for people who engage in sex works, they get they get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of celebrities got on there and. As people predicted, you know, celebrities came and then now they're regulating. So I know they want to rebrand and make different type of content and make money off of that content in a different way. But I don't know. I hope those people all land on their feet. And um, I'll be interested to see what OnlyFans does next. It's definitely going to be an adventure. Mm -hmm. Yep. I guess I'm going to adventure into my first story. Uh, y'all like how I did that? I do. Shout out to the ladies for listening. Thank that you. That was smooth. Hey. But we're going to talk about sports. Yeah. Everybody likes sports. You like sports. I like sports. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a different, it's not really an on the field sports story. Okay. <clears throat> Headline, former Miami Hurricanes player Rashawn Jones arrested it says in 2006 arrested for that's wrong on their end arrested in 2006 killing of teammate Brian Pata ooh wow yes, he was, okay he was just arrested wow yes the story goes uh, how do you feel about the headline he was arrested for a killing that happened in 2006 yes I'm interested to see what new evidence they have and that's the and that's the question a lot of people wanted to know um, this investigation's going on for a long time. Apparently, the former player, uh, they were this back back. Well, let me bring it back. Uh-huh. Back in two thousand six, um, Rashawn Jones and the person who unfortunately was murdered, Brian right. Pata, they were observed by their teammates and friends getting in arguments. Um, Pata, <laughs> that's wow. Okay, yeah, and this was prior to the incident. Pata was. Dating Jones's former girlfriend, Mm-mm. and you know, Paddle was seen as an what happened prospect. to homies of a hoes? <laughs> he wasn't doing the homie, he was not doing the homie. No, okay. and uh, Paddle was seen as an NFL prospect. Uh, there's like a surefire gonna get drafted, mm-hmm. and now this guy's dating your, your girl, and he got in the fights. And um, it was, it was thought that some somebody heard him threaten the Paddle. Saying, you know, you better have that clip on you. Mm-hmm. So, one day, um, Pattis is outside his apartment complex, getting out of his car, and somebody just, unfortunately, shoots him in the head. Wow. At the time, they didn't have anything. Uh, all they did know was that the teammate, they had gotten an argument. The next day, the team had a meeting. He did not show, show up to the meeting. So, that was suspicious. That was strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was odd. And, um, you know, the, the case pretty much went cold. Like, they had us. But the, the ESPN article, it it, doc, it documented everything. They actually had an article that came out last year prior to the arrest trying to get new information about the case because mm-hmm. it just seemed odd because a lot of people were pointing the fingers in a couple different directions right. specifically yeah. at Mr. Jones. Uh, Mr. Jones was... He was a, he was arrested in Florida, but it seemed that all the evidence, because what they had, they had the person that called nine one one. He had 
he was at, actually they did a lineup and he picked out dude. Uh, then my man Brian Patter, mm-hmm. after after he was found deceased, uh, the, of course the the guy that called now one he was able to point out Mr. Jones like hey I'm pretty sure he the one that did it. Uh, you know, years went by. They actually went back to the guy that originally called the police because the investigation, the investigation pretty much went stale. Right. ESPN was like calling the department, like, "Hey, what's going on?" Because the family wants to know, and they weren't giving them any information. This was last year in 2020, and they were like, "Well, we're close to we're close to it now, so we're not going to give you anything because we think we might have something." But it's like they re-interviewed the guy that called police. This is like 13 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it wasn't too much new evidence that seemed to come out, but uh, but then a former teammate that uh, wanted to remain anonymous said that Jones had asked for money right after that happened to borrow money to try to get away. And he said he didn't know he didn't want to be named. He wanted to stay anonymous. He didn't know it was connected. And they also said that he did. He was known to own a gun at that time that matched the caliber that was used to kill mm. Patton. Mm-hmm. So eventually they were finally whatever evidence put everything together because ESPN, ESPN was on it. They were, they were asking them questions. They were like, bro, why aren't y'all giving us information? They went to court over it. Mm-hmm. And but the, the police department, they finally were like, okay, okay. We, we we got somebody. We got somebody in mind. They brought back one of the detectives wow. that was originally on the case back on it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they they originally got him, but it, it sounds, it's, it's a crazy, like your own teammate ended up killing you. I have two thoughts. What do you have? Number one, in 2021, in the modern times, it is really hard to get away with killing somebody that you know. Yes. I would say almost impossible. So if they don't catch you right away, they'll catch you at some point. Number one. Number two, it's just hard to kill anybody in general now and get away with it because even if you don't know that person, eventually somebody in your family is going to submit a DNA test to 23andMe and they're going to catch you. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they start called the Golden State Killer, I I'm think. I'm about to say, what, it was 2006. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. If they collect any type of DNA, even if they don't have you in the database, now they can have your cousin in the database and they can catch you or they can catch... You know, some little piece of like microscopic piece of evidence and link it back to you because of just because of technology and science now. It's like, it's not like how back in even the 70s or 80s, you kill somebody, you had a better chance of getting away with it, especially if it was a person that you, you didn't really know that well. But I think like we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and they have cases that are, you know, go unsolved permanently for like 20, 30, 40 years. I just think those days are kind of over because the technology is too advanced to yeah. where you can't get rid of all the DNA evidence and the other types of evidence. But I think even in other cases, it's just time goes by. People are guilty. People are broke. People get arrested for other things and they snitch. You know, it's it's really hard to get away with kill, killing somebody that you know. So it's interesting that he was able to Oh, I mean, allegedly, allegedly, of course, because he hasn't been convicted of anything. But it's interesting that he was able to keep that heat off him for so long. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because in another article I read about it, uh, it was alleged. I don't, I don't know what kind of practices somebody was doing, but apparently it was like goat heads and other animal emphases yeah. were left at Pat's grave site. 
So don't know if it was involved with him or he had a guilty conscience and he was mm. trying to practice something to get whatever bad mojo he had off him. Because it seems like cause ESPN did reach out to him in 2019 for a telephone conversation uh, asking about it and just everything with, with the story. And he had said, what happened 12 years ago happened 12 years ago. He said at the time, it's got nothing to do with me. I didn't do it. And then, <laughs> and then his wife, uh, dog. His, his wife wrote, um, wrote back ESPN saying, Rashawn comment was he was innocent. He did not kill Brian. Miami Dade found no evidence against my husband. And she, she wrote ESPN back like a year later saying this. Mm. So this is the weirdest statement. Like why even, why even do the interview with ESPN? And they had this crazy picture of this after it happened at a football game. I don't know if it was edited or not, but it, it's just crazy because it's it's a real picture mm-hmm. with like the whole team before the game, like in, on a knee around a picture of the dude, and it's like it's like on a sheet on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody with their head down, and him just like looking at it, mm-hmm. and like that's real ominous. Because like now, like because they interview some of the, his teammates, and they you know they're all like. Wow, I mean, I'm happy we found who who did it. Yeah, it was like you was holding hands with this dude after your. Uh, it happens. Yeah, it happens. We all holding hands, saying, "Wow, this is crazy, man." His man had his whole life in front of him. He had a chance to go play in the NFL. He's gonna get it. Hopefully, get his college degree. Mm-hmm. And for him to just stand next to you and say, "Yeah, that's crazy." That's how people do. Yeah, you never know. That's how people do. You never know about nobody. It's certain people you can trust, but certain people they just they have it in them. They have it in them to do bad things. Allegedly, allegedly do bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely sounds like if I was a betting man, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where my money would be and where right. it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, oh, my story. That's an interesting story. And I hope the family of the victim gets justice. Yeah, that's most more important. important. Uh, most important. It's always sad when people die over petty stuff. And I know for some people, you know, you date eggs or, you know, infidelity. It's not petty to them, but it's not worth taking somebody's life. Life goes on. You heal. You move on. You beat somebody else. It's never worth Taking somebody's life or ending your life or anything over a romantic relationship or friendship or anything. So, never. It's sad. Never, ever, ever, man, the you is down. You want to switch gears? You want to talk about something a little bit more? Well, what you got for I don't us? know if I would say lighthearted, but just different. Yeah, it was like We had OnlyFans at first. <laughs> it was a whole, we were decorating, and then we started killing people. Um, and it's might be a first for all for uh for our show. What what we doing first? Okay, well first let's let's go to my article. Okay. We're traveling to Memphis, localmemphis.com. Ooh, local. Okay. <laughs> well, they had to post an article about this, and the headline is Richard Johnson is not a drug dealer. PSA featuring Arkansas entrepreneur who sells things goes viral. Company speaks out. <laughs> <laughs> the PSA shows a black self-proclaimed hustler who said he got vaccinated because he sell things. The company said he does not represent the entire black community. <laughs> uh, so before we read the article, I'm going to 
do my best to play the ad. When I saw the ad, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I mean, anything that's going to help promote safety and help people take care of themselves and each other, I'm all for it. But I was curious about what Mr. Johnson's profession was, so maybe we can figure it out together. You ready? Yeah, what Mr. Johnson do? Okay. Hopefully we can. It's pretty well. You ready? Yeah. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. If you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. I mean... <laughs> I believe the vaccine too. Before before you share your thoughts, I just want to let those in the audience know that if you haven't seen the PSA, Mr. Johnson is wearing all white. She's cocaine white. He I got mean, a gold chain on. Cloud white. Cloud He's white. leaning on a. I might say, what is he? What would you say? Is a Bentley? It would be today. It's a nice I mean, car. It's a ni- I don't know if it's a Bentley, but it's a beautiful car. It's a, he got a nice car. Um, out so it's Memphis, man. They cool. What kind of job? I mean, he did say he was an entrepreneur. He didn't say whether or not it was in real estate or if it was in uh, what's the thing, cryptocurrency. Um, we don't really know what type of entrepreneur he is. Yes, yes. We don't know what his LLC is registered for. I mean, I believe he does probably. Um, he he is probably uh selling real estate. <laughs> Yeah, and that's probably why the Arkansas Department of Health released that PSA starring um, a self-proclaimed hustler. Yeah, he hustles. It's hard selling real estate. You got to know. He probably, he probably flipping houses. He said, you got to understand. Oh, he was 30. Oh, no, 30-second commercial. I'm thinking, oh. like, that man ain't no 30. Well, he's 30, man. Sometimes black do crack. He's 30. Yeah, Ooh, he said he, he comes into contact with people all the time. He got to stay safe. So... I'm curious as to what type of job that is. I mean, I mean, I guess he's hustling. I'm a, I'm a hustler, homie. He said, if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, if you out here in the streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, then why not do it safely? Exactly. My man, <laughs> he wants you to do it safe. I want you, I want everybody to be safe too. This was a black owned um, company called The Design Group. An advertising firm that decided to put up their own ad, hoping it would encourage more people to get the vaccine. I'm already encouraged. I already got the vaccine. I'm gonna get it twice. Just <laughs> because Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, man, he's an entrepreneur. Um, Myron Jackson, the CEO and president, said it was supposed to spark debate and get people vaccinated. That was the goal. <laughs> they said uh, Marin said he is not a drug dealer he's not a fake entrepreneur I never thought he was fake uh-huh. it screamed real to me um, he's an entrepreneur who always a luxury clothing line Ooh, see? called Borgata um, for men women and upcoming you can you can dress your kids in Borgata when they go back to school Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, they wanted the ad to be provocative and spark discussion about getting the vaccine. I feel like it did that. If I, I mean, I feel like I would have, I would have put my business in there. <laughs> I'm not sure why he said I sell things instead of just I have a clothing line. <laughs> yeah, I have a, 
I'm a clothing entrepreneur. A, a I'm parent. a hustler. I'm a hustler. I'm making plays out here. That's weird, man. What do you mean? Oh, boy. Hopefully, Listen, that's why he's selling in his storefronts. I'm a hustler. I sell things. I sell things. Bread. I'm guapo, baby. Shit. I mean, he's making plays. He's, a, he's clearly a playmaker. He has goals in life. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler. Uh, somebody ate in comments um, on the original post said they must have reduced his charges. <laughs> hey, man. Ain't going, ain't going, ain't no lock up for me. I mean, I, I feel like it's unfair to judge and assume that man only, he sells drugs. I think the fact that he wouldn't say specifically what he does for a living, I sell things in the all white outfit, those are some, some clues and maybe... Maybe his job ain't a hundred percent on the up and up, but shout out to him for doing the PSA for looking out for his community, you know, doing something good for the people. You know, hey, for all the hustlers, entrepreneurs selling things <laughs> at places they sell. I'm not going to ask you no questions about what you sell. That's your business. He seemed like the type of dude, you know, people who like go to Walmart during the holidays and they pay off people's layaways and stuff. He seemed like a nice guy. The type of guy who do something like that. So, look, I'm not finna ask you no questions. That's your business, what you said. That's not my business. What my man said. Mm-hmm. He's selling some of that good shit. I just wanted him to get the word out. <laughs> the, word, the word out of what he's selling? <laughs> yeah, he said take a shot and stay healthy, okay? That's it. I, you know, I'm probably, you know, that's a good thing. Because <laughs> people should should be out there getting the shot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it helps save lives. Yeah, exactly. Anybody wants lives to be saved. The bless, the bless us in this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you got first? What I got was? That was it. My, my, my first story, it was short. It was mm-hmm. sweet. It was to the point. I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. My man, my man. Let him sell. He got to sell. It's not complicated, Mr. Johnson. He want us to get vaccinated so you can continue to buy the things he sells. Man, get that Borgatas. <laughs> Shoot. But I got my story. Uh, it might be a quick story. Okay. okay. Um, headline from Variety. Uh, Mike Richards out as Jeopardy's host amid Ooh. cascade of scandals. It's juicy. It's juicy, baby. Juicy. Fat and juicy. It's been a juicy week. Extra juicy week. For Jeopardy news. Yeah, all the Jeopardy news. Because our man Mike Richards, the host that nobody clamored for mm. publicly, mm. One of, he is stepping down as though... He will remain as executive producer, though, but he is stepping down due to apparently comments came up from a past podcast he used to yes. have from 2013 and 14. Yes. Um, and I didn't think that... The com- depending on what kind of podcast it was, it didn't seem too outrageous when he asked her. He did ask a female, his co-host, and I think a guest they had. Yeah. Did they have any booby booby pictures? Um. And there was another one. He made comments about fat women. He made comments about uh, white men having job opportunities in Hollywood. I think. It's interesting as somebody who's listened to podcasts for a long time yeah. and just thinking about how the landscape of podcasting has changed from like back when I started listening in like maybe 
2011, 2012. So where podcasting is now and just the growth of a lot of like podcasts I listen to and other podcasters. Podcasting was very different in the 2010s. It was a lot more uncensored. It wasn't all the sponsorships. It wasn't as many people listening. So I think people tended to be like a little bit more raw and controversial. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people saw that 10 years later, podcasting would be this huge thing that it was. And people are making livings off of podcasts and celebrities are podcasting. And shoot, I mean, we're podcasting. Hey, hey. Um, and I've seen a lot of big podcasts kind of reckon with the stuff that they said 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think you could probably pull up a lot of podcasts from before 2015 and hear people say a lot of controversial stuff and a lot of problematic stuff. And I think a lot of people have like learned and grown and matured on a lot of topics in the last few years, especially like around race and sizeism, ageism, LGBT issues, gender, gender things. I think like it probably very easy to pull up any podcast has been around since 2009, 10, 11, 12 you're going to hear the F word, you're going to hear the R word, you're going to hear the M word, like a lot of things. And so I think if somebody had a podcast back then, you could probably pull old episodes and get them canceled. And I'm not saying it makes the things that he said okay. And I'm fine with them choosing to have him step down from Jeopardy and give somebody else a chance because I don't think he was the most fascinating person anyway. Yeah, you can stand out or anything. But I do think, like, at one point, podcasting was like, nobody's listening to this. Like, people who find my podcast have a similar sense of humor to me. You know, podcasts were a lot more raunchy and a lot less, like, corporate and PC than they are now. And so the expectations were different, obviously. So it's like, I get, based on what I read that he was saying, it was cringe. I probably wouldn't listen to the podcast. I'm sure it was a bad podcast. Like, you making jokes about being a, like, a underdog white man. Like, when is it going to be a, a white man's time to shine <laughs> in a hosting, hosting a game show? Like, okay, that's not very funny. And you calling women fat is not funny. Like, it was, I'm sure it wasn't a good podcast. But is it any different than what any other white male comedian's podcast was in 2013, 2014? Absolutely not. Like, listen to Mark Maron's podcast. Listen to Bill Burr's podcast. Listen to a lot of people's podcasts. He wasn't saying anything different than other people were saying. Just he got a jumpy job. He just got a high profile job yeah. and somebody pulled up his old stuff and they pulled they pulled his receipts. Man, and that makes me think for e- for every person that ever does anything, there's always that one person waiting for you to yes. do something. <laughs> and always. There's always somebody waiting in the wings and or when you get a promotion, you have a big moment, somebody gonna go through your Twitter history, they're gonna go through your Facebook. If you have a, a podcast you hosted, you guest hosted, that's how that guy got fired off SNL a few years ago. He had oh, a podcast yeah. mm-hmm. that was racist and unfunny. So the, a combination of deadly sins. But I don't think, for me, I feel like he, it's not so much the racist and sensitive thought, thoughtless things that he was saying about fat women and about white men and stuff. It was more so just, he was blah. Like, he was bland. Yeah, but I guess that's what they wanted. They just wanted somebody to go on there, not have any controversy, not be... He, I mean, he's established, but it's like, okay, he's like a blank face, pretty much. 
he's just your average Joe, just like Ryan. Like, in, in matter of fact, it's interesting because he was talking about on that podcast how he admired Ryan Seacrest because Ryan Seacrest was like an average skinny white dude who was succeeding in the same arenas he wanted to succeed in. And he was like, it just gives me hope that I can be an average white dude and I can be a big, you know, I can host Jeopardy one day or I can host a TV show one day. So, I mean, I think I would, it's too bad for him because obviously that was a dream of his and it's not going to happen now. But I also feel like there was another person that Alex Trebek wanted to host Jeopardy after, after him. There were people that the fans wanted to see host Jeopardy and I think people were looking for a reason to get him up out of there. And that was the thing that they found. But I don't think anybody wanted him to be the host of Jeopardy with or without those tweets or the, the podcast comments, you know? Yeah, nobody was clamoring from him. I know he had some sexual harassment mm-hmm. thing back in the day, but I, it, it got thrown out in court. And I think they, they ended up settling. Which don't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't, doesn't mean it didn't happen. doesn't mean it did happen. We don't know. Yeah. Nobody will. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Yeah. But I, he's just like a generic whatever blah dude, and mm-hmm. he would have been fine on Je- hosting Jeopardy. Would he have been great? Probably not. Would he have made any new people tune in? Definitely not. No, no, it wouldn't have added anything to their numbers. He would have just continued it. Yeah. The, the same train going in the straight line. Uh, there, there would be no influx, and that seems like it would be a waste though. Like, all right, we're just gonna keep keep it going. Hopefully, yeah. Because everybody loves Alex Trebek, and like he's gonna replace him. Like, if you get someone that's less interesting than Alex Trebek, it's like okay, uh, you're gonna keep the definitely hard... less interesting. That dude was definitely less interesting than Alex Trebek. And it's like you're not adding anything. Yeah. So it's you're gonna lose like the person that just tunes in. Like, oh, they got a new host. Let me see how they do. And I mean, to me, race aside. Of course, I'm rooting for everybody black. But to me, LeVar Burton is just your obvious choice because I feel like he kind of thrived in the same space of, like, everybody likes him. He's already associated with, like, reading and, and, like, intellectualism and things. He has, like, a real kind, likable demeanor. He seems like a good next step. And I know a lot of people were saying they didn't like him hosting Jeopardy, but it's like, do you want a blank slate that's just going to be a carbon copy or try to be a carbon copy of... Alex Trebek or do you want somebody who's going to bring their own thing and then of course some people were happy about Maya Bialik being co-host until they found out she was an anti-vaxxer and they're like oh Maya Bialik is smart she's this she's that okay but she's anti-vaxxer so now she who knows what's going to happen with her she might be getting about out the paint too yeah I, I mean it seemed crazy how they were going to do that anyway so she was going to come on mm-hmm. like the special night so like it was going to be a celebrity night or yeah. like special guest or, or something she was going to come on there but that seemed more complicated than it needed to be and uh it also yeah. just shouting out the person that asked Rebecca back one her name is Laura yeah. Laura Coates she's host of the Laura Coates show on Sirius XM I mean if you're a ho- if your main host says hey man we should consider her she wasn't even invited to try out no and that's what's no. crazy like the, the man who hosted the show for so long that made it what it was said, can we at least consider her? And when this man passed, y'all like, no. We're not even going to let us. They had somebody they wanted. And I think he had already had a relationship with Jeopardy. He worked on the show. So I understand why people thought that was like a given that he would be considered. And they passed the torch to him. 
but I think there were other good candidates. Even Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, he really he really wanted the opportunity to do Jeopardy, and we kind of talked about this before about maybe even entertaining the idea of having somebody like host every season, have a different host, or every couple seasons, kind of like they do Doctor Who. Um, but I think just the days of just give this opportunity to this generic white man are kind of over and you probably need to vet people a little bit better <laughs> before you I mean, give them a big opportunity like that. Uh, but like you said in the earlier, like it was like a podcast he did. Yeah. Way back yeah. In the day. And like he, if say he stopped the podcast, he has 200 episodes and on four of those episodes, he was just wilding out saying crazy stuff. And the stuff was, it wasn't funny. Number one, like I thought we, we keep having this conversation about like, Stuff can be mean spirited, yes, and funny, and then some stuff is just mean and not funny. And it wasn't funny, the stuff that he was saying. I don't think he would have been a good host of Jeopardy, not even because of the podcast, not because he was white, but it's because he was generic and dry, and he wasn't good. He wasn't entertaining. Like nobody is going to tune in to watch him host Jeopardy. Um, but I think it's important to consider the things that people do in context now. You can still consider something in context and then decide that it's wrong and it's messed up. Because I know for me, whether it was 2013 or 2021, like I still hold certain values that I'm that are, don't change for me. Mm-hmm. It's still certain jokes that are off limit for me. Certain words and phrases and things I, I never would say. I don't care what year it was. Um, but I think people also need to just recognize that podcasts were just in a very different place. 10 years ago mm-hmm. it wasn't no Casper mattress sponsoring your stuff it wasn't on Patreon <laughs> you, you was just, wow. <laughs> you was getting on there you were saying whatever you wanted to say and that's why you can't get a lot of archived episodes of a lot of podcasts <laughs> because of the stuff that folks was on there saying 10 years ago yeah they probably like y'all taking away dreams oh let me go on there and take all that down now listen back in the day people used to put whatever music they wanted to play they oh, play yeah. whatever clips they wanted to play because wasn't nobody listening to podcasts. Now Conan O'Brien got a podcast, Michelle Obama, uh, Bill Clinton, anybody you can think of got a podcast. And, you know, it's a lot of, well, these episodes are no longer available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that type of thing. You know, without hating, I don't know who just really wants to listen to like one of those super famous people's podcasts. Because it's like, how do you even relate to it? I know that we, now we're just talking about something different, but like, how do you relate to like Bill Clinton's or Michelle Obama's podcast? Like, you, they can go up there and talk about generic terms, gen- generic items, like how to be, how to fight through adversity, but at the end of the day, you still like, you're like, you're an Obama, you're a Clinton. Yeah, like, whatever tip you give me for success, I appreciate it, but I feel like, you went to Yale and Harvard and things, so <laughs> I can't go to Yale. So, I mean, that advice is great, but I feel like, you know, being Michelle Obama and being the genius that you were and having the opportunities that you had access to probably had a lot to do with mm. your success yeah, in addition to your mind frame. But those pro- those two things probably were also really helpful. Yeah, because I ain't going to hear Michelle. Michelle is a smart uh, woman. Yeah. She, she is... Smartest. That's why Barack married her because he was like, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, smart babies. Give me one of them she biggest gonna, babies. She's going to upgrade me. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I don't know. I imagine. Oh, but I, yeah, I do. I miss the old days of podcasting sometimes. It's just everything not having to be so. What would the sponsors think? What would these people think? What would those people think? But hey, time change. And we can say we won't. We don't got no sponsors. So anybody that's um. <laughs> No, nah, I'm not trying to get canceled in 2027 20, because some of you said. Don't worry, we get a sponsor. I'm going to add it on here. So if y'all hear a sponsorship at the beginning of this episode, that's because that happened later and we balling now. Mr. Johnson, an entrepreneur, he's going to sue us for playing a clip of his commercial. Ooh, we probably did. <laughs> no. She will, besides that, and my yeah. man, I never, never host anything again. Mm. You got another story for us? He'll be alright. He's still executive producer. He's still getting money. He already went from a sexual harassment suit on a price is right to working on Jeopardy. And he beat that too. My dog jumped. My dog just jumped. So, I'm, I'm a firm believer that nobody ever really gets canceled. He'll be back. We'll see him again. We can cancel He'll Bill probably Cosby. have a podcast. Bill Cosby and he out of jail. And he probably booking the tour as we speak. He didn't, he's not booking the tour, but he got on the table. His, blind, his quote unquote blindness was healed. He back to hell. He right. <laughs> now, you know who did get canceled? Slightly canceled. R. Kelly, because he's still in jail. Oh, my man, R. Kelly, man. I believe I can fly. R. People, love his, people love his music, so he's still making a little sun slum. But he does, he is in jail and he does have herpes. As I saw recently, this, that's not my article. But I did see that he had herpes. <laughs> so I'm telling the people that R. Kelly got the herpes. Allegedly. Dirt. Allegedly. Allegedly got herpes. He ain't got that, man. He ain't never do that. He probably do. I mean, the whole industry let him just sexually assault Aaliyah. They was cool with it then. And don't, don't change up on him now. Listen, you sexually assaulting women, ch- children, Boys, you you may, and it's it's not to say the people who have STDs are dirty or they're bad people or anything. That's not a moral judgment. Uh, it's more so a judgment on R. Kelly and his behaviors and his lifestyle. But not anybody that has an STD, <sighs> right, babe? Right. We don't judge people for having STDs. Oh no, no, you never judge nobody for that. Nobody, you can't help that. Um, it's a yeah. It's a, it's unfortunate. All you can do is move on with your life, and you know, uh. Make it happen, but you can help not sex, not having relations with minors. That is definitely something yeah, you can help. Yeah. Uh, and he was not helping that. All right, so supposedly <laughs> we went on the whole tangent. Uh, we, on, <laughs> we we started off talking about Jeopardy. We ended up with R. Kelly. Man, man, six degrees of separation. All right, bring it. I know what you're gonna bring us to. Back to Reddit. Ooh. What does that bring you? Back to me. Oh. Um. And we're going to do something a little different today. And I say that every episode. And every episode, I try to do something different. So instead of um, AITA or TIFU, today we're going to... <laughs> we headed over to the subreddit, Off My Chest. Ooh. And we're going to read a post. For two months? Hmm? For two months? It's not a two months. It's not a two months. Okay, what they got post? Ready to listen? Mm-hmm. The title is... I hate being a mother. Oh, yeah. When my husband and I started trying, I fell pregnant after six months. We were initially overjoyed. About a month in, that joy started to be replaced with fear in me. Something just changed in my brain. And at the same time, all those same people telling us how amazing having a child was changed their tune completely. And now started with comments like, 
Enjoy whatever alone time you can while while you have it. Enjoy sleep while you can get it. Enjoy a clean house while you can have it, etc., etc. I started thinking, why the hell was everyone shifted it so rapidly now that we are pregnant? When she was born, rather than life-changing moments of pure bliss, all their parents seemed to describe, I just felt a sense of dread and sadness. Fast forward five years, now everything sucks. Mine and my partner's relationship quickly went downhill. We're so distant, we're basically just housemates. We never have sex. We never do anything fun. We can't even just be lazy and watch TV shows or movies like we used to because of this screaming, demanding child always needing attention. I love her. I want what's best for her. But I don't have the same connection to her that other moms seem to have to their kids. I don't miss her when I have to go on a long trip. I just feel relief. Having her home because of the pandemic has really been hard for me. I have a lot of guilt about it. I don't withhold affection or anything, but I'm not a naturally affectionate person. My husband is. I feel pretty lonely and left out when they're playing together. I don't feel like I belong. It's a weird dichotomy. I don't really know. Even though I'm surrounded by family, it feels pretty lonely. I don't feel like I belong in my own life. I fantasize about taking off alone, living somewhere by myself. But I don't want to mess her up like that. She's innocent and doesn't deserve it. So I do my best and I hope I'll be alive in 10 years to be alone again. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a, that's a post right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shoot, I mean, you got to live your life. It's definitely an interesting post. And... I think I wanted to talk about this because I've seen more and more articles and videos and posts and discussions just around like, what is it like when you become a parent and you regret it? What is it like to have a child that you just don't bond with? That's something I never really considered about. Mm Mm-hmm. You got, you got you have a new life in this world, and yeah. you're like, oh, I mean, you don't you don't really fuck you don't fuck with them, yeah. But you got you got to fuck with them a little bit, but you don't you don't have that connection, you don't feel that that closeness with them. Uh, of course, you want the best for them, but it's like, all right, like that mom was saying, I, I, they gone, they gone, they at yeah. grandma's house, we'll see them in three days. And you don't even worried about. Them. And I feel like the media does a really like big part in creating that guilt because when you watch tv and movies it's like a couple will have a newborn and they'll go out on their first date and the wife like bursts into tears because she misses the baby so much or they have a hard time like leaving the baby with grandparents or with the babysitter because they show this they always show this like separation anxiety from a mom and a child yeah or like if a mom doesn't have a bond with the child they're automatically presented as a bad parent and so like in the media you don't see any representation of usually you don't of a woman who just doesn't bond like that with her child and if she doesn't she's a bad parent mm-hmm. yeah it, it doesn't make you a bad parent but it's it's a lot to consider it's like like why did you want to have the child um uh, was the child the best thing for you at that time 
I mean, it seemed. I mean, they were trying to have one, but right. It's like did she just regret it afterwards? Was there always something that maybe? But it, it but it cha- it changes both people. I can't just say it's all on her, especially the the husband. They saying that it changed their lives, changed their their sex lives, yeah, and how they spend time with each other. Um, and I feel like that may, and I don't, of course, I don't want to speak for this mom, but I wonder if some of it is like almost like a process of letting go of the life you had before you had kids mm-hmm. and even maybe going through a mourning period of realizing like me and my husband were, we had a certain lifestyle, we had certain habits, we had disposable income before we had this person in our life that now we have to prioritize who needs a lot more attention and a lot more care and a lot more love. And she even says like, I wasn't a very affectionate person before I had children, but I want to be able to give this person affection. Obviously it's something that's uncomfortable for her. And I think sometimes when we have children, we have to deal with like a lot of stuff that we haven't dealt with from our childhood or from the way we were raised and our parents you have to kind of reconcile those things. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for her, having a daughter who wants affection and, and needs affection and craves it and is trying to get that from her is making her uncomfortable because she hasn't come to terms with like, why am I uncomfortable giving people affection? That's a, that's a big one. Like why, why are you, why do you feel the need to like, you know, you don't want to give affection. And now you mm-hmm. feel like you're pressure. I got you now. I got a child. Ugh. And I got to explore. I have to explore why that's making me uncomfortable. And if I'm not willing to explore that, that's distress. It's causing distress in me because, oh, maybe I'm remembering some things that make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this child is triggering some things in me that I haven't dealt with as an adult from my own childhood. Yeah, I mean, it's your child. You probably see yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. In that child, you're like, wow. Like, you might probably remember something like, wow, that's uh, that's what happened. Or that's how, yeah. how the event unfolded. And I think it's interesting, some of the things she said, like, just the fact that her relationship with her husband isn't a priority anymore. And I know I, a lot of times I hear, like, obviously we don't have any children at this point, but I hear a lot of couples saying things like, you have to decide when you have children, are you going to prioritize the children or are you going to prioritize your relationship as a married couple or as a partner, you know, as partners or in a relationship? How are you going to navigate that? And for some people, it's like our relationship was saved because we put us first. We put us in front of the children and not saying, of course, you're not, you're not attending to their needs, but like date night, you know, maintaining physical intimacy, talking, checking in with each other, prioritizing each other's needs first was the thing that saved their relationship as opposed to prioritizing the kids. And one thing I think a lot about is just sleeping together. So, you know, for us, it's two people who don't have children. We can come home at night. We watch TV. You know, we spend time on the couch. We cook together. We do our little cocktails and mixology together. We have a lot of time to bond, but when you have children, you don't necessarily always have all of that. And some of that time for us is like also included just being able to be in the bed with just the two of us the other night mm-hmm. and sleeping side by side. And sometimes when you have kids, you don't have that. And I know for a lot of couples, it's like, well, that's a strict boundary for us is not having our kids sleep in the bed every night. 
so we can still recoup some of that intimacy in that alone time and so I feel like if you're not going to put your relationship first which it seems like the, in this case the couple didn't do the dad easily clicked no problem bonding with the daughter the mom didn't but how would her feelings around parenthood be different if maybe they made a, a commitment to each other to priori- prioritize each other first yeah that's something people don't consider I haven't really even considered that yeah. Good job considering before you have a child. Because <laughs> um, you got to, at the end of the day, y'all, the, you the parents have to be happy. If y'all aren't happy, exactly, yeah. that's, that can, that, it's not going to be good about it. It's like, because some people like to act like the kids are are stupid, but kids are not yeah. stupid. They pick up on that. Yeah. They see that mommy and daddy don't like each other. Right. And that this is, a, mm-hmm. they always arguing, like, mm-hmm. I don't care how big you think your house is, those walls aren't that thick. Whatever the energy is, kids are going to pick up on it. Um, they might not understand, like, oh, this might, they might not, they, they, they understand, like, hey, they, are they going to even be together anymore? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's that bad. Yeah. So, uh, never think your kids are stupid. Because to me, I feel like for that mom, the, the main thing she said was just losing the connection and the relationship with her husband. And I feel like we established that, like, your child is here. Obviously, she values the child because she said she didn't want to leave her or, you know, give the child a, a bad experience growing up of not having a mom. But reconnect with your husband. Talk, talk to him. Tell him, hey, this is what yeah. I need. And then hopefully you can figure out what, what you need because you, especially if you, you're still a little iffy about all that physical contact with your, with your child and with just people in general. It's all a lie. Yes. And I feel like this is where kind of like even those cultural components come up because I, I feel like for a lot of families, like black families, um, Latino families, Asian families, they rely very heavily on grandparents. So that may be like, hey, after school, you go over to grandma's house, you, you know, you spend some time with them. You may go spend summers with your auntie, your uncle out of state or a few weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Take some time. Like, hey, have that daughter go stay with, with grandma or auntie and uncle for a little while and use a couple connect and kind of get a break and recharge. Like I think this idea of making like, once you become a mom or you become a parent, you're supposed to never want to have any time away from your child. Even as a, as a married couple, it's okay if you want to spend time apart. Like if you want to go on a trip with your friends or you want to go see your family separately. Like I don't, it's not bad to want to spend time alone mm. without your child or your partner or whatever. And I feel like it's a lot of guilt around is a mom. You don't, you don't want to spend every waking minute with your child. You're a bad mom. Like, no, uh, of course you gotta, not. You gotta have a little time to, I need to go do this and just reassess and recharge. Yeah. Shake loose a little bit. Go do yoga. Go do some high yoga. Even if you do something like, Hey, you know, like when my mom was getting her master's, we spent every weekend in my grandma's house mm-hmm. because she could manage us and manage graduate school mm-hmm. together at the same time. And that didn't mean she didn't love us. It just mean we probably was getting on her nerves. Yeah, she got to study. <laughs> I, can't, I can't study with y'all. Right. And so we would go over to my grandma's house. We'd get pizza, Chinese food. We didn't know what was going on. We just knew we was going over with grannies. We was having a good time. And I think there's nothing wrong with a parent. Like parents should have grace to say, I need a break from my child. 
I need a break from this. I need to break from this responsibilities to reconnect with my spouse or to reconnect with myself and practice some self care mm-hmm. because kids are a huge like emotional investment in addition to being a financial investment and we don't raise kids like in a community that like we used to so when you put all the burden on the parent one parent or two parents to main like to keep up with all this child's all their socialization the love they get the tutelage they get is all from these two people that's a lot to ask and never be afraid to ask for help Mm mm-hmm if you need help from a, a either a, another family member or at least a, a, a really close friend that you can yeah. trust, hey, you never know who's willing to help you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to have kids, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing. No matter what your gender is or whatever. If you don't want to have children, you're not a bad person. If you have children and you realize you have some regrets about it, that's fine. As long as you don't neglect that child. You love them as best you can. You get them all the good experiences you can. You're not a bad person. Sometimes you you just don't know. You don't know how you're going to react to parenthood until you're in a situation. Mm-hmm. Legit parent trap. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's identities are being swi- swiped, but... She's trapped as a parent. She did feel like she was trapped as a parent. And you know what else you do? Go to therapy. Yes. Go to some parenting classes and get some skills around that, and you get rid of the shame and the guilt around that. That's how you feel. And go talk, talk, talking to somebody who's just yeah. there to listen to you. Sometimes that might be what you need. Most important. Yeah, and especially I think too sometimes when people don't necessarily get along with their kids as children or adolescents or teens, sometimes when they become adults and they become more independent, that relationship is better than ever. You know, you never know. So that's why you just got to keep living and do your best and keep trying and know the relationship is going to change one day. Five-year-olds can be annoying, but maybe when she's 18 or 21, you guys can be friends. You can have a better relationship. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's real good. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the comments kind of just resonating with her saying, you know, they've had times where they feel like that about their children mm-hmm. it's normal not enough people talk about it so it's, it's good that hopefully they got some support from reddit that's the main thing hopefully she was able to see mm-hmm. some comments that resonated with her mm-hmm. and that she can seek whatever assistance that she and her and her family needs yeah oh yeah well I had a good time. This was good. That was a good conversation. That was a good Reddit post. It was. It was. Sometimes Reddit is helpful. You be out there pulling them out your ass. Be like, I got searching. I got another good one for you. <laughs> back to back, like Jordan somewhere in '97, mm-hmm. But you know what? Th- thanks for coming out here and having this conversation with me. Thank you. Hey, I guess thank each other. This is both our podcast. That's a tough one podcast. You made it this far in. Hopefully, you know the name of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go go to the bottom. <laughs> Follow us. Yeah, like leave a review. Yeah, leave the reviews. Um, share it wherever you are on social media. Mm-hmm. Share it everywhere across the world and around the corner. Get your MySpace page and click, click, click. You have any anything for the the masses? We are off to go to YouTube and watch some more Halloween decor videos. <laughs> <laughs> Wish us luck. Wish us luck. And we'll see you. 
next time some more stories and conversations bye